Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. Join me, your host, Alexia Gordon, as I chat with authors writing cozy, traditional, and historical mysteries. You won't find explicit sex or graphic violence. You will find intriguing authors and quality fiction. Thanks for listening. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. I'm Alexia Gordon, author and host of the podcast. Mark Tong, one half of the writing duo Verity Bright, joins me in the corner today to chat about the 15th Lady Swift historical mystery, Murder by Invitation. Welcome, Mark. Hello, Alexia. Very nice to be here. As I mentioned, Murder by Invitation is your 15th Lady Swift mystery. Would you please introduce us to Lady Eleanor and tell us what she's up to this time? Yeah, uh, Lady Eleanor Swift. Um, she's a young lady around roughly 30 years of age. Um, she was brought up by rather bohemian parents um, abroad on her parents' uh, yacht until she was nine when they disappeared. And then she was kind of sent to a rather strict English boarding school. This is all around 1900. And then about 1920, she unexpectedly inherited her uncle's estate and title and everything that went with it. So she uh, came back to England, not expecting to be in the middle of uh, a rather strict Edwardian society, just trying to find her feet, um, having had a, a rather, as I say, a bohemian upbringing abroad. Um, and in book 15, Murder by Invitation, it's actually the king's birthday. So the small village that she's lady of the manor of, um, parties and this type of thing for the king's celebration, um, and obviously, during this, there's a murder. Uh, now, now, you mentioned that uh, Lady Eleanor inherited her uh, her uncle's estates and titles with it. Uh, for those of us in the U.S. who aren't as familiar with the British peerage, uh, what does that mean exactly? Well, actually, in the 1920s, in fact, actually, actually amazingly, even today, she wouldn't have inherited the estate because she, she's a lady and the inheritance would have gone to the male end of the spectrum. But um, her family were very progressive and had a clause put into the inheritance agreement that she could actually inherit the estate. So by that, she inherits um, Henley Hall, which is a large uh, country house and um, acreage of, you know, um, shooting grounds and country gardens and that sort of thing in Buckinghamshire, Buckinghamshire, which is a small county near London. So she becomes sort of Lady of the Manor, which is a kind of a medieval title, which even in the 1920s and today uh, still exists, which kind of means you get to lord it over the village, really. <laughs> and speaking of villages, I believe yours is set in the village of Little Buckford. Is that a real village or one of your creation? It's it's half and half. It's based on a village we used to live in, actually, in Buckinghamshire, which had a lord of the manor who still owned most of the village uh, and most of the surrounding countryside. So it's based sort of 50% on an existing village and 50% on the imagination. And, and how do English villages have such such unique names? Uh, I, I looked up a couple. There's one called Netherwallop, Upton, yes. Surrey. Uh, how, do, how do English villages get their names? That's right. They're not very far from us, actually. Um, I don't really know the derivation of a lot of English names. Um, excuse me. But um, a, a lot 
I'm listed in the Doomsday Book. Um, the villages there that uh, Little Buckford is uh, based on is listed in the Doomsday Book. But how they got their names, I have to confess, I don't know. Um, but even to us, they're pretty amusing. Um, and Buckingham show is very good. It's got a lot of that sort of name around, that sort of names around. They're perfect for cozies. That's for sure. Yes. Uh, now, another thing that's fun about cozies, in addition to the to the settings, is the cast of characters. How, tell us some about how you came up with your cast of supporting characters. You know, you have the loyal butler. Of course, you've got the the pets, the the bulldog, and I believe there's a ginger cat. Oh, yeah. There is. Um, Partly because in the 1920s, um, the whole, really the whole point, if you were a titled lady um, or a titled gentleman, was that your standing in society, in order society, was entirely based on how many servants you had, uh, how many staff. That was pretty well it. So if you, I mean, sure, a lot of your um, listeners have seen Downton Abbey and, and programmes like that. Um, usually they have to cut back on the amount of staff someone in that position will actually have because it's just too expensive on television programs and stuff um for instance in you know um lady swift has just got a fairly small uh place but she'd probably still have in reality or maybe 30 or 40 staff but obviously in a book um that's just impossible to keep track of so what we did was we've basically just uh, cut down the number of staff she'd actually have to something that's manageable for readers to remember. So she's got a butler, she's got a housekeeper, a cook, some maids, a gardener, that sort of thing. Um, and also, of course, you have to have an English bulldog being a, an English Edwardian series. Um, and the cat was a later addition um, when she was actually having an adventure in Scotland and she kind of inherited the cat and it came back with her. Now, in the U.S., when we think of the 1920s, we tend to think of prohibition and gangsters and jazz. Mm. Um, it probably was, at least with the prohibition and the gangsters, it probably wasn't like that in, in the U.K. What was what was the 20s like there? No, it was the 20s were very different, really. I mean, there was quite a lot of um, hedonistic behavior going on. We had the equivalent of the bright young things, which I don't know if you know that much of in America, or if that was a term used in America at all which is sort of the younger generation who were very much sort of going around partying and trying to outrage the establishment. Um, so there was quite a lot of that going on. But obviously, because there wasn't prohibition or anything of that nature, there wasn't that sort of underground sort of gangster feel, things being illegal and that sort of stuff. You could just go and party quite openly. So there was a lot of similarities with that with America, with the sort of partying era, the sort of roaring 20s, a lot of that would have been in London. Back in Little Buckford, in small villages like that in Buckinghamshire, all of that would have passed them by entirely. Um, really, those sort of villages would have been 100 years behind. So they would basically still be living in the Victorian age. They would have been the lord of the manor. Um, everything would have been very, very low-key. None of that partying stuff, and none of the jazz age. That was purely big cities like London in the 1920s in England. And what led you to select the 1920s as the time period for your for your mystery series? Um, two things, very interested in the period, but also to be absolutely honest, is the fact that's what people were reading. Um, we've always loved cozy books, um, and we used to write nonfiction. And when we decided we'd like to write fiction, um, we wanted to write something uh, in a cozy genre, and a lot of the people we liked reading wrote about the 1920s. So we thought, oh, I'll give that a go. And having started it, we became fascinated with it. 
And do you find a, a vast difference between writing nonfiction and crime fiction? Oh yeah, a, a very, very different. Um, in fact, I don't really know many that many similarities really. Um, it's, it's a, we basically had to learn how to do things again from the beginning, um, especially with crime fiction, where there's so much of it that's plot driven. Um, and we tend to meander a lot uh, when we write. So we were quite pleased really that um, in sort of, we write crime murder mysteries, that the plot is very important. So therefore it stops us uh, just sort of basically just rabbiting on in the books and keeps us in order really. And what's it like to write with a partner? Uh, it's great, it's a challenge, um, but um, it well, it's fantastic. Uh, I would say that naturally and I mean it. It's, <laughs> um, we started off writing nonfiction together when we used to do travel books and stuff like that. Um, and then sort of morphed into doing fiction books together. And um, it's it's brilliant. I mean, it takes a lot of organization, a lot more organization than if you're writing a book on your own, because obviously both half of us need to know exactly what the other one's doing so they can dovetail their bit into it. But it, yeah, it's great fun. And it, do you sort of both just write different like chapters or does one work on dialogue or the other works on setting? So what's your what's your process? Yeah, well, the process is basically um, Laura writes the books. She writes the actual stuff that you read, um, and then I edit it. But to start with, I, I kind of get together a sketch plot um, of what the book's going to be about. And then Laura and I have a, a long chat uh, about what we'd like to include in the book. Um, and then I go away and I actually sort of create a more detailed outline of the actual plot of the book, uh, along with a few basic characters. And then Laura comes and has her say in that. And then I kind of flesh out an entire um, acts and plots based on that so that the, the whole book's got a sort of structure. Um, and then Laura produces her magic and sits down and actually turns it into a, a readable book with characters that come alive. Well, it, it, your process obviously works because this is the 15th book in the series, yeah. which is an impressive number. So how do you keep your series feeling fresh? Uh, how do we keep? How, how sorry, do you? I'm oh, sorry, with, with, with 15 books, now, how, how do you keep your series feeling fresh? I mean, 15 is a right. number. Yeah, when we got to number 12, I think it was about number, number number 10, I think, actually, we sort of had sort of a panic attack about that um, because you do you do tend to read series, and even series sometimes that I've really loved. I've started off reading series I love. Once you've read sort of, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, it is sometimes get a little stale. So we were very determined not to to let that happen so from about sort of book really nine or ten we'd sit down beforehand and we'd come up with ideas and then we'd compare them to the books we've written before and basically eliminate any of the ideas that were too similar so we knew we were starting off with an idea that was fresh to start with and then we try and set it somewhere fresh maybe abroad in a different country or in, um, have a different occasion like the king's birthday we've never had a street party, a little butler for the king's birthday. So immediately that's going to make it fresh. And then the same with the characters. We try and make sure that the characters we were introducing were different from the characters before. And finally, what we do is we'd look at it very carefully after we'd written half of it and then try and make sure that the twists in it were different to the twists from any book before. So try and make, basically try and make each book unique. And 
I'm sure um, your your fans and hopefully new fans uh, who you know, discover you through the podcast will uh, love to read about uh, Lady Eleanor's fifteenth uh, timeout in the the uh, mystery solving field. So when will the book be available? At 29th of September, it publishes. Um, in the audio, will be out with the ebook, and the paperback is usually available either at the same day or within three or four days afterwards. Um, and will it, uh, will it also be available in audio or just ebook and paperback? No, it's available in audio. They've all been all of the books in the series available in audio. Uh, we got a fantastic lady, Karen Cass, who's uh, narrated all of them. Um, and she does an amazing job with them. And it, uh, did you get to select your own narrator, or how, how did that work? No, we worked through a publisher. We used to publish all our own books, and then we switched to a publisher. So Lady Swift series is through a publisher, and they arranged the audio. Um, but you couldn't, I mean, we couldn't find anybody better than Karen. She's absolutely excellent. And she's the narrator for the entire series? Yeah, from book one onwards, which has been fantastic. Because the trouble with the audio is, is that unlike books, if you if you uh, read a book and someone reviews, the say, the e-book, what they're reviewing is what they've read. And they tend to give their opinion of it. But if somebody listens to an audio, very often what they review is the narrator, as well as what the narrator has obviously read. So if you change a narrator halfway through a series, very often that's a big problem for the series. People don't like that change of narrator. So we've been very lucky with the same narrator throughout all the books so far. And it, does, does it feel at all odd to hear someone reading aloud the words that you wrote? It feels very odd, yeah, it, it does. Um, because obviously, you know what it's like, I mean, you're a writer yourself. If you, if you write something, you have an idea to yourself about how it sounds, how the character sounds and all that type of thing. But obviously when somebody is doing the narration, you've got to give them a bit of leeway as to how they see it because they're, they're going to sound more convincing. Um, so sometimes, you know, when she, uh, Karen is narrating a character, it kind of comes out differently to the way we've perceived it. Um, so that's, uh, that's quite interesting, but it's always good, but sometimes it's different. And where can readers uh, buy the book or uh, listen to the audio when they're when it's available? At the moment, uh, our books are only available through Amazon. Or if you're in the Kindle Unlimited program, you can get through the Kindle Unlimited program. Uh, the audio, the same. The audio comes out through Audible. Um, obviously, in UK, US, or anywhere else. And where can readers uh, connect with with you or Verity Bright to find out what's uh, what's next and uh, what's uh, happening in the world of uh, Lady Eleanor? Huh? Um, if they'd like to, they can go to veritybright.com, which is our website, or we're on Facebook, Verity Bright Author, or, or on Twitter, uh, Bright Verity. They're the three main places. And um, we always reply to every uh, comment or if you uh, tweet us or anything we always reply we'd love to hear from people and what's next for verity right after murder by invitation um she's actually <coughs> sorry excuse me a second um do you know what i have to think this is the this is a funny thing about writing uh books i don't know if you have this Alexa. Oh, probably not it's probably just me but i can never remember the book we've just done i can only remember the book afterwards hang on a second yeah um 
so I've got to get this right. Um, she, it's Christmas, of course. That's right. It's the Christmas book we're doing, um, which is because it's 30 degrees at the moment outside. And I've just had the air con on. Um, so it's very confusing, right? A Christmas book in that uh, weather. <laughs> yeah, she's off to Cornwall for Christmas in the next series. Um, it's a fabulous place, Cornwall. If you, I don't know if you've ever been to Cornwall or if your readers and listeners know Cornwall. Um, it's down the very south of England and it's very, very uh, loads of cliffs, uh, lots of tiny little bays and inlets, very, very famous for smuggling uh in the last century so it's a fantastic place to actually set a, a sort of christmas cozy cornwall for christmas um, does sound like a, a fun cozy fun i said cornwall for christmas uh sounds like fun yes i think it's i think the title is the working title is death uh on the cornish cliffs mm. i think because so many natural falls over the cliffs surprisingly dangerous <laughs> place cliffs for some reason, I always associate that reason that region in my head. I've never visited, but I've heard of it, and I always associate it with um, things like like ghost and gothic fiction and, and pirates. Yeah, that's right. There's a there's a lot of underground cave systems because of the smuggling. Um, a lot of them are natural, and some of them were dug out. And there's a lot of very large old gothic houses on windswept moors around Cornwall. Um, so it's very, very good for um, sort of ghost stories or pirate stories or anything like that. It's also a perfect place for mysteries. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of mysteries down there, um, unexplained mysteries. You know, supposed to be real life sort of mysteries nobody's ever explained. So there's always sort of ghost hunters and all sorts of people like that um, around the Cornish coast. <laughs> so lots of material to work with for a cozy mystery. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, thank you very much for, for talking me, to me today, Mike. Um, I know you've uh, had a sore throat, so I appreciate you uh, uh, being willing to, to chat with me. No, it's absolutely lovely. It was really lovely to speak to you and very nice. Hopefully uh, your readers will enjoy this. Um, very, very nice to have chatted. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. My guest today was Mark Tong, one half of Verity Bright, chatting about Murder by Invitation, the 15th Lady Swift mystery. I'm Alexia Gordon, your host. Until next time, goodbye, and thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. I'm Alexia Gordon, your host. Please support the podcast by leaving a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you listen on. Follow the podcast on Instagram at podcast underscore cozy, on Facebook at The Cozy Corner Podcast, and the web at The Cozy Corner with AlexiaGordon.com. Follow me at Alexia Gordon Author on Instagram, AlexiaGordon.Writer on Facebook, and AlexiaGordon.net on the web. Support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash author Alexia Gordon. And until next time, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.